0: Suspense. And the producer of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, the master of mystery and adventure, William N. Robeson. It is a principle of law that
1: a man cannot be charged, convicted, and sentenced twice for the same crime. But there is no law in the books that says a man cannot murder his wife over and over again in his fantasy. For a man of sufficient imagination, repetitive oxoricide can indeed become a pleasant way of bringing time to a stop, as Vincent Price accomplishes it in present tense, a tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense.
2: away, and the hills beyond below the stars are black and sharp, dead hills, dark sky, cold steel below my feet, cold as the face of the officer at my side, cold as the cuffs which link my arm to his, which join us on this journey to the prison where I die. Want a cigarette? No. Go on, take one. No, I don't smoke cigarettes. Okay. Has this happened to you before? What? Being handcuffed to a murderer. Has it happened to you before? Sure, plenty of times. To an axe murderer? Yep.
3: You're not the special, brother. Lots of guys axe their wives. Lots of them.
2: I could have escaped after I killed her, but I... I didn't. Now it's too late. 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 Ever too late. Never too late. Too late. Too late. Escape. Escape. If the train were to be wrecked, if the detective were to be killed... Late, Mate. The sweet escape, the light escape, the crash escape. Oh, no. No. Oh, no. Oh, oh the darkness. Where am I? The, the cars must have gone down the gully. No lights. And those people in pain... This thing fastened my wrist. We oh, must have gone halfway through the glass door. Keep back. Keep back from his blood. Uh, I, I, I don't seem to be hurt. No broken bones. Escape. Now the key in his pocket. In his bloody pocket and... The cuffs are off. His gun and the wallet. His face. His face is gone. His own mother wouldn't know him. I'm free. Fire. Fuel oil. I must get away. Here. Now my ring onto his finger, and that completes it.
3: Bus number 63 from Bakersfield now arriving. Please claim your luggage at the curb. That's number 14. Taxi, mister.
2: Diego, yes, party. yes. What to? Up Beverly Glen above sunset, I'll show you where. Taxi. Gotcha. Hey, read about a big train wreck. Yes. Understand almost a hundred were killed. My home. It looks so small. So shabby. No one took care of it during the trial. No one cared. No one. No one cares now. But that's good. I like that. I'll be alone, and I won't let the neighbors see me, and I'll sleep and figure out where I go next. The lights are on. Someone is there.
3: Hey, Slick, huh? <laughs> the whole thing was so slick.
4: <laughs> You'll always be the brains for both of us, won't you, honey, huh? Always?
2: No, no, it can't be. She's dead. I know she's dead. I killed her. Want
4: another bottle of beer, honey, huh?
3: Yeah, sure. Is it cold?
4: You bet it's cold, honey. (laughs) But I'm not.
3: (laughs) You said a mouthful
4: there. Mm, That husband of mine was never able to make me feel like this.
3: Well, it takes a man, baby.
4: Oh. Would do was sit around and write those poems all the time.
3: We framed it so good that he even thought he killed you. Hmm.
4: What was that? I, I heard a noise. Mice. <laughs> You're funny. You know that? Real funny.
2: Open the kitchen door so quietly and walk softly. Here on the wall by the stove, the cleaver.
4: Honest, I hear something.
3: Hey, you're nervous.
2: Here, relax just a little bit more. I see them now. It is she. How did they do it? How did they trick me into imagining the murder? I, I am innocent. Sweetmeats, that's what you are, sweetmeats.
4: Mm, love your man. The
2: pig in his dirty undershirt, soft, weak, white neck, fat on his arms, pig. Grip the cleaver and walk like a feather. He shall be the first. Soft white
4: neck. I, honestly, I hear some.
2: What's the matter, sweet mates? What's
4: it? You killed him.
2: Yes, and now you. No. (gasps) I was innocent, and I thought myself guilty, and now I am truly guilty. And never in my life have I felt so innocent. A dream, like a nightmare, the confession, the conviction, the sentence, and now once more, dark night, cold steel, the sound of wheels, just as I lived it before. Why, even the cold face of the silent officer at my side, hard, cold face, so much like that other face. Want a cigarette? No. I'll go on, take one. No, I don't use them. Okay. Has this happened to you before? Why? Being handcuffed to a murderer, has it happened to you before? Oh, sure,
3: plenty of times.
2: To an axe murderer?
3: Yep, you're nothing special, brother. Lots of guys axe their wives, lots of them.
2: But were you ever cuffed to an axe murderer who killed two people, two people at once? What are you talking about? My sin, my crime, what I did, I, I killed them both.
3: Them? Oh, take it easy, brother. You only killed your wife. Just her, just one, that's all.
0: In a moment, we continue with William and Robeson's production
5: of Suspense. Looking for a new lease on life? Never mind the legal language. Just tune in on the happy things that happen six times a week on the Amos and Andy Music Hall. New and old song favorites say cheerful things with music. Remember, the fun is on the house every Monday through Friday evening and each Saturday in the daytime when the Amos and Andy Music Hall comes your way.
0: We continue with Present Tense, starring Mr. Vincent Price, a tale well calculated to keep you in...
2: Suspense. It had been raining for some days now. And beyond the barred window, the leaden sky bleeds sorrow on the barren land, the lonely land, the land beyond the prison wall. The sky was blue when first I came here, blue, so blue. And now it has become as the walls of my cell, of all our cells, dark, cheerless cells, these lifeless cells, these cells of men who wait to die. That wet sky, gray sky, cheerless Sky, ah, but it is beautiful. I have 12 hours left of life. 12 hours left to live. Beautiful sky, beautiful, beautiful. Wet and fresh and alive. Oh, rather would I spend eternity at the bottom of a well with but one patch of that to gaze upon than leave this life, than leave this earth, than leave this sky. Believe it, I must. The guard told me no man has ever escaped San Quentin's death row. Blocks and bars, guards and guns... ...lie between me and the world beyond. No escape, not from here. But wouldn't it be nobler to gamble my life in bold attempt... ...than lay it down in reckless resignation, eh? So, now to get out of this super-guarded area...
3: Oh, 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 guard, guard, oh, oh. Hey, Sorry, hey, pipe down, what's oh, wrong? Hey, what's the matter with you? Guard, my gut, my gut, here, here, it's killing me. I'll call a medic. <laughs> now, uh, as I press, you tell me where it hurts.
2: <clears throat> everywhere, Doc, it, oh, all over down here, the air. Oh, don't touch that place again, no.
3: Call the ambulance. This man's got appendicitis. Oh, do something, please. Hey, do hey, something. what do I do? Why didn't they send somebody with you? Well, the interns were all tied up. Shots today. Oh, look, he's uh, acting kind of crazy. Let's get him over to the hospital in a hurry. I can't drive any faster. My windshield steamed. So wipe it. You got a rag? Uh, here. You can use my handkerchief. <laughs> hey, what's going on back there?
2: Your palate's out cold. And I've got his gun now. So keep right on driving or the top of your head comes off. You won't get away with this. I will. I'm betting my life that I will. How far back is the prison? Uh, about, oh, 15 miles, at least that. Okay, pull over. Okay, I'm taking her from here. And you, I watch your money and your clothes. And then you can take your pal back and explain about me. They won't find that ambulance for days, not at the bottom of that canyon. And now I cross the border on foot and into Mexico. A little card bought in a back room with no questions asked, and I became a tourist. Four days' growth of beard and I became poor. An empty suitcase with a butterfly net strapped to its outside and I became a source of merriment, a a funny, dumb gringo. And who looks with suspicion on the funny, dumb gringo tourist who is poor? Mexico City is beautiful, but not when you're hungry. Not when you are an American who is hungry. Americans aren't supposed to be hungry. But what can I do? All I know is writing, the writing of poetry. There there is one place I might sell some poems. Harlan, his magazine, prints some English stuff. Perhaps, well, well, why not? I have three pesos left. Buy some paper, a pencil, sit in the park, write, and storm the bastions. (laughs) Yeah, good, very good. Do you do you like them, Mr. Parlin? Well, excuse me. Lucita?
6: See, si, Parlin?
2: I have some poems here. Let me see.
4: The river doubled, dreaming, droppled, fester passion of my soul. Mm, muy bonito, muy bonito.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just what I thought. Oh, you are too kind. The poet should read his own word. Oh. <laughs> well, that drips, sweet droplets, passions, goblets, fates thy role.
5: Lucita likes your stuff. A rare woman. And I like what Lucita likes. Aha. She says we do a book of your stuff. Oh? So here's... An advance. Too much. Take it. When the book. 30 days. Right.
2: Got the poems? I'll get them. Your name is? Smith. No, good. Too down. So true. I'll make a new one. Please do. And so? Good day, and I'll be back. In 30 days. With the poems. America, miles below, the bleak brown mountains, the desert yellow and red, my own mystic land. My advance money went for new clothing and a round-trip plane ticket to Los Angeles and my new lease on life. In a small file under the eaves of the little house in Beverly Glen there are poems, more than a thousand of them, poems which no one has ever seen, poems written in the evenings after work on Sundays. And now, with the beard and the hat and the glasses, no one will recognize me. (laughs) A cane. (laughs) Yes, I ought to carry a cane, too. Get the poems. Does someone live there, in the house? Has someone bought it? No matter. Get the poems and then get back to Mexico City. Hmm. Someone is living here. wonder who. The hedge is trimmed and my hammock. Somebody's put a new canvas cover on it.
4: It's yourself,
2: baby. I'm shaving Oh, all right. Yes? Oh, no. No, it can't be. Well, what do you want? It's Mary, but I... I... I thought I, I... I killed her.
4: Who is it, baby? What is it, mister? What do you want here? Are...
2: are you the lady of the house?
7: Huh? Who's that at the door?
4: Some creep with a beard. Yes, I'm the lady of the house, but I don't want to buy nothing. Hmm.
3: Well, what is it, Santa? What do you
2: want? Are you the man of the house? Yeah, I'm the man of the house. Eh, sweet mates? I'll say. So, what of it? Well, I'm making a survey. I'd like to ask a few questions. May I come in? I don't know. I'll let him. What's the difference? Thank you. Good. Well, first, your name. My name? Yes, please. Uh, Fred need.
4: Where's he going? Mister, what do you want in my kitchen?
2: The cleaver, Mary. Don't you know me? Mary. Hey, who are you, mister? Look close, Mary. Oh! The cleaver. Put it down. You know me? Know the man you tricked into San Quentin? No, don't! Put down it.
4: You killed him.
2: Yes. And now you. Conviction, sentence, transportation And again Again the death house As before But when I came here They promised I could keep the beard They promised I could keep the beard And it's gone Gone I I can't remember when What's that? Who's coming? Ready Ready It's time to go, my son. Time to go?
3: You've refused my help up to now. But perhaps you'd like to walk with me.
2: Rather beside you, padre, than beside one of these mercenaries. My my legs, the muscles quiver. Not with fear, no, no. But with the desire to feel themselves moving, straining, acting while yet there is time. I am not afraid, but this body. I hate the thought of its being killed by these men. My beautiful body. Soon it will be dead, cold, rotting, dead. It will rot. No. No, they must not do this to me. You must be brave, my son. My body. Years I spent with the great corporeal master, the yogi, learning my bodily purpose, my bodily care, the use of willpower to control my body. The yogi, my teacher. Yes, yes, I shall use yoga. Suspend my breathing and become invulnerable to their gas. Suspend my body functions to the point of death and fool their doctor. Of course. Oh, yes, yes. Greatest escape of them all, and this time I must succeed. All right, here we are. The room is so small. Somehow I had imagined it would be larger. And here is the chair.
3: All right, now yes. you sit down. straps,
2: hood, and over oh, there the, the, the glass, there. small pane Zip. with the dark faces seen dimly right, through. We'll the witnesses. There. The whole room is like some strange sort of time machine. Machine for launching a man into another dimension. (laughs) And so true. I'd best begin to prepare myself. There we are. Relax. Must relax. It won't be easy. Have you any last words, my son? Yes. Yes, one request. Do not allow my beautiful body to be dissected or embalmed. But on the third day after my death, cremate it.
3: That will be arranged as you desire.
2: Thank you. And
3: God be with you, my son. Remember what Jesus Christ said to the two criminals. In this day shalt thou be with me uh, move in Move your heaven. head forward a little while I pull the hood down. There. Now, uh, when you hear the pellets drop into the acid, don't try any tricks. Just breathe deeply, see? The fumes don't hurt, you see? Uh, Cooperate with us. Make it easy on yourself, kid. Know what I mean?
2: So dark here under the hood. Now, the last breath, as the yogi taught me. And the lungs hold it. Body limp all muscles, tendons, joints. Relax all, slow the bloodstream, lock the breath. Hold, hold, slow, slow, hold. Suspend all bodily functions, hold. Fix the eye in, suspended animation gently. Fix the mind on time. Ease the beating of my heart. Time is a picture on the screen of my mind. Slower. My perception is slower. The time seems to spin by now. Go slow, my heart. The ventilators go on, clearing the air of the poisonous fumes. Now the doctor will come with his stethoscope. I will my limbs to stiffness, my flesh to coldness.
3: It's clear, Doctor. You can go in now. Well, let's see now. Respiration has ceased. Heart has stopped. <clears throat> by the authority vested in me by the state of California, I pronounce
2: this
5: man dead.
2: I will myself to consciousness in six hours' time. Huh? Where am I? It's dark here and cold. So cold. I must get up and see. Oh, the prison morgue. It worked. But I'm I'm cold. I'm so cold. What's this on my toe? Tag? It's too dark to read it, but I know what it says. It has my name, prison number, time of execution. Yes. And now, to look around... Because the next step must be played just right. This should be it. A coffin crate ready for shipping, some cadaver being returned to a sentimental family. Well, that ought to be just right. And with him on my slab, my tag on his toe, and the most perfect escape of all time underway, here we go. I will my body to return from its state of suspended animation and to come immediately out of trance when next this coffin shall be opened. parlor. Ha, poor fellow. Must have a bad heart. Oh, let's see. No, it's going. Well, let's hope he's out for a while. This must be the workroom, light hanging over the work table, and there a... a locker. Ha, with a suit. Fine. And here, in the desk, might there not be some sort of... yes, here, a petty cash box, and it's quite full... The old boy apparently doesn't believe in banks. (laughs) And now, now that Lazarus has returned from the dead, this newspaper dateline, I was executed four days ago, and now I find myself resurrected in Indianapolis, Indiana. Los
3: Angeles, California. This is Los Angeles. You can claim
2: your baggage in the station or on the platform. I've returned to my home. A beautiful time to return home. My old hammock is there. My flowers, my yard. (laughs) The house is empty. The lawyer said he'd had it cleaned up. My books, my pictures. Here... (laughs) My old pipe, I I haven't smoked it in years. Mary didn't like it. But now she's gone. I don't hate her anymore. Tobacco's still fairly fresh. Fill the pipe. (laughs) There's that detective story I never got to finish. Now I'll have time. Now I'll have lots of time. Time to smoke and read and write and rest. sun's almost down. Twilight. Wonderful time to get outside. Cool, sweet air. Wonder what kind of birds those are. My hammock. Oh, so nice. (laughs) Light the pipe. (sighs) Oh, and relax. Wish I could remember what page I was on. (laughs) But no matter. I can begin again. I've got all the time in the world the rest of my life the birds. The sun is slipping out of sight, death of the sun. How red the sky, how soft those clouds. So lovely, so lovely. What's that? Birds playing in the fish pond. Look at them, happy birds. That hissing. Oh, the man next door is turning on his lawn sprinkling system. Lie here and smell the cool air. Evening coming on, the sky grows darker. Lie in the gathering twilight. Death of the day, birth of the night. Sweet softness of the summer night coming. Soon the stars. Oh, it's lovely. Heavenly, just like heaven. Lie and swing to and fro, to and fro. Heavenly.
3: By the authority vested in me by the state of California, I pronounce this man dead.
0: Suspense. In which Mr. Vincent Price starred in William N. Robeson's production of Present Tense by James Poe. Listen. Listen again next week when we return with Raymond Burr in the Peralta map. Another tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. Supporting Mr. Price in Present Tense were Ellen Morgan, Peg LaSentra, Jack Crucian, Dawes Butler, Joe DeSantis, Charles Radlack, and Sam Pierce. Original score composed and conducted by Emerigo Moreno.
5: CBS Radio is sure you'll agree it's as important for a young man to find the right niche in his military career as it is for him to choose the right college or trade school course. To make it easier for any young man to decide which choice will fit in best with his abilities and goals, a free booklet has been prepared. It's obtainable on request. The title of the booklet is It's Your Choice. All you need to do to obtain your copy is write to It's Your Choice, Washington 25, D.C., Why not send for your copy today?
8: checkout, Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Just use promo code 1001stories at BritBox.com. Try it. You'll like it.
3: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets,
5: or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
10: producer of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, the master of mystery and adventure, William N. Robeson. East of Phoenix, Arizona, off to the
1: left of the old Spanish trail, squats Superstition Mountain, a gloring forbidden mass of black granite whose canyons and buttes keep well the secret of the deaths of many men. 400 years ago, the Conquistadores searched here for the legendary seven cities of Sibila, which were supposed to be built of pure gold. The search has never been totally abandoned, for modern legend tells us that Superstition Mountain guards the fabulous lost Dutchman mine. But no one can be sure, for no man who has gone searching for it has come out alive. The facts you are about to hear are true. The story imaginary, since none of the characters involved, lived to tell it. Listen, then, as Raymond Burr stars in the Peralta map... A tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense.
9: further. Willis? Huh? What do you keep looking back for? You afraid somebody's following us? No. no. I was just checking the
7: trailer. The sun's getting mighty hot on the horses. It's
9: going to get hotter.
7: Think we ought to stop and water them?
9: Well, wait till we get to Lowney's.
7: Okay. How far is it? Hey, you see that big mountain sticking up over there on the left? Yeah. Well, that's Superstition Mountain. This place is on the road right opposite it. About, oh, another four or five miles. You sure he'll be alone? Well, he lives alone. Anybody else is there, it'll just be somebody who's pulled in for gas. They won't stay long. they would have to be crazy to stay long out here. Yeah. I wonder why he does. Takes all kinds. I guess. Bartender I talked to in Phoenix, fella that's done some prospecting himself, he said old Lonnie'd rather have coyotes for neighbors and people. Looks that way. Cracker, how much you planning on telling him? Just enough to get him hooked. I well, suppose he ain't interested. Then we
9: make him interested. What do you mean, by showing him the map? If that's the only way, yeah. We'll show him the map. But
7: I thought we said we wasn't going to show the map to nobody. I'm not going to argue
9: with you. I can turn around right here, take the horses and the trailer back to Phoenix. Forget the whole thing. You want me to? Now, look,
7: cracker. Then we I'll do it my to... way. If he
9: wants to see the map before he makes up his mind, I'll show it to him.
7: Well, I suppose he doesn't believe it's a real thing. suppose he thinks it's a fake. He won't.
9: Not if he can read Mex and knows the country like you said he does. Well, meet it ain't
7: only me it, said It was the people I talked to in Apache Junction. They told me nobody really knows Superstition Mountain, but old Lonnie knows it as good as the next guy. And he'd better. Cracker, I suppose after he sees a map and he knows it's no fake, he still won't take us in.
9: We'll look for somebody who will.
7: Well, and, and leave him knowing where the mine is. He might try to beat us to it. Don't or...
9: worry so much. He'll go in with us. I guarantee it. Morning.
11: Morning. Still out for you? Uh,
9: No, thanks.
11: The way you're headed, there ain't another station for 50 miles.
9: Yeah, that's what
7: I heard. You alone here? Yeah, alone everywhere since my wife died. Morning, Mr. Lonnie. Morning. What's the matter? Don't you remember me? I stopped in here a few days ago. I asked you some questions about the mountain over there. Oh. Move around so as the sun's not mine. Okay. Oh, yeah, sure. Mr. Lonnie, I'd like you to meet a friend of mine, Henry Cracker. Howdy. How are you? Uh, Mr. Cracker's got a proposition that ought to interest you, Mr. Lonnie. Oh, well, I ain't got no money to invest. You don't need any money. We got everything we're going to need right in the trailer.
11: That's so, all. You going to water uh, the horses
7: or not, Willis? Sure. Sure, I'll
11: do
9: it right now.
11: Uh, water trough's behind... He'll
9: find it. Can we get out of this, sun to do some talking?
11: Sure. Come on inside. <laughs> don't get much company out here. Hardly ever get a chance to visit with folks, so... <laughs> My place ain't usually fixed up. Hope you ain't finicky. no. Got some beans and coffee on the stove. You hungry?
9: I could use a cup of coffee.
11: Fine. You sit down anywhere. Thanks. Yeah. Got canned cream if you'll take it. Well, drink it black. Me too. <coughs> now then.
9: Lonnie, well, uh, how much do you know about the lost Dutchman mine?
11: Well, like I told your young friend, as much as anybody else around these parts.
9: You really believe it's there?
11: In the mountains? Sure I do seen too much evidence not to believe it. What
9: kind of evidence?
11: Well, why the Mexicans had their ore shoots and why they had furnaces to melt the gold down into bars.
9: Did you ever look for the mine? No, not exactly. But you've been on the mountain.
11: Well, a long time ago, I used to go deer hunting up in some of the box canyons around Weaver's Needle, where it's supposed to be at.
9: What's the name Peralta mean to you?
11: Well, they're the ones that owned the mine years ago, long before the Dutchman found it. Apaches killed most of them off when one of their mule drivers got mixed up with a Indian squaw. After that happened, the Apaches didn't want anybody coming in and working the mine again, so they hid it. Covered it over with brush and dirt. how did the Dutchman find it? Well, one of the Peraltas who'd been away from the mine when his paw got killed, he, he got in a saloon fight one time. Dutchman hauled him out of it, and this Peralta gave him a map out of gratitude Leastways, that's how the story goes. Mm -hmm. Dutchman, he was supposed to have murdered a couple of fellas, including his partner back in the mountain. But he died for anybody ever found out for certain.
9: You know what happened to the mine
11: after that? No, nobody knows, except they know it's lost.
9: Not going to stay lost. What do you want to guide us back in there? I figured you was getting to that. Well, what's your price? Ain't got none. We'll give you $300.
11: And that's a good bit of money, all right, but I I can't leave the station.
9: Oh, don't give me that, Lowney. You don't do that much business in a month. Boy,
11: sometimes.
9: You got cobwebs in the gas pump, and look at you. When'd you get a new pair of overalls?
11: Well, that's not the point. I just don't want to go back up in there. 500 No, nope. and it ain't the money. So you needn't offer me any more.
9: Lonnie, all you gotta do is take us onto the mountain, help us find certain landmarks that are on a map we have.
11: (laughs) Map? (laughs) You know how many maps I've seen in the past 20 years? All of them guaranteed to show how to find the lost Dutchman? (laughs) Man, if I had a silver dollar for every one, I wouldn't be able to lift them. (laughs) A map. It's
9: the Peralta map, or a copy of it. Oh,
11: sure, sure. They're either the Dutchman's or the Peralta's. (laughs) A map. (laughs) When
9: you're through laughing, you can take a look at it.
11: (laughs) Peralta map.
9: Here. Take a good look. I've been waiting all my life to come across something this good. Knows a desert rat's gonna sit and laugh at me when I do. Now, you study this thing. Feel it. Run your hands over the ink. You can read Mex, can't you? Yeah? And you're supposed to know landmarks. Are they phony? Huh? All right, Lowney. You still feel like laughing? Can't laugh at somebody I feel sorry for. What do you mean by that? You see. You going with us? Nope, I ain't. What's the matter with you? You like living this way?
11: You like being a desert rat? I may be a desert rat, but I'm a live one. So? You ever read how many men have been killed hunting for the lost Dutchman? Who cares? Me. I don't want to add to the total. That for you? Yeah. Don't answer it. What? Now, just wait a minute, mister.
9: Sit down. Sit down.
11: Sure. You don't have to hold no gun on me.
7: Crack it
11: off Hey. Is he going
7: with us?
9: He is, or he's not going anywhere. That right, Lowney?
11: What'd you say you'd give me? 500. It ain't enough. Why, you chiseling... It ain't enough for risking my life. Now, what do you want? As long as I'm gonna die, I might as well die rich. I want a third. Third of the mine. Okay, you got it. Now, wait a minute. Now, you shut
9: up. You can stop worrying, Lowney. Nothing's going to happen to you now that we're partners.
11: Being partners ain't got nothing to do with it. Well, what has? For a couple of fellas after the lost Dutchman, you sure don't know much about it, do you? We know enough. No, you don't. But you will. Yes, sir, you sure will. (laughs) This canyon's a good place to bed down, Mr. Cracker. Any water in it? It's supposed to be right up ahead.
6: All right. Hold it up, Willis. We'll make our camp here. Oh, yeah.
7: Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, how far away from where the mine's supposed to be at? About a mile away, I figure it. Is that right, Lonnie? If the map's
9: right. You know it is.
11: I've seen a lot of wrong ones before. Look just as good.
7: Well, this one ain't wrong.
11: Where'd you fellas get it? I got it.
7: I got it off an old Mexican, Sonora.
11: He give it to
7: you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you might say he did. Willis, you take the horses down to that water. And now, look, how come you haven't done nothing but give orders ever since we started? Ain't you ever going to do any work?
9: Make a fire, Lonnie. Give me those reins.
7: Well, I'll be jig-swiggered.
11: Never thought I'd see you stand up to him. Well,
7: why not? He's my partner. He's not my boss. I'm a partner, too. Yeah. Yeah, I know you
11: are. Well, now let's see if we can find something to make fire. You know what they call this canyon?
7: How'd I know? I ain't seen my map since I gave it to him.
11: It's West Boulder, where old Adolph Ruth
7: camped. Yeah? Who's that?
11: Ruth? Oh, he's a fella come out of Washington, D.C. back in 1931.
7: Had a Peralta map, too. Yeah, well, not a good one. He didn't find the mine.
11: Well, uh, some say he did. Some say different.
7: No. Well, what did he say? Nothing.
11: Wasn't until six months later that they found his body. Rifle bullet in his back. Well, there's a nice hunk of dried mesquite. It smells like hickory when it burns. Now, the way I figure it, Ruth must have found the mine. What makes you so Sure. Well, when they found him, the map was gone, but inside his vest was a piece of paper with his writing on it. It said, Veni Vidi Vici. That's Latin, meaning I was successful. Who killed him, do they know? Well, sure they know. Same person or persons who killed just about everybody whatsoever ever got close to the mine.
7: Mr. Lowney? You trying to scare me? Of course not,
11: boy. Just trying to tell you what we might be up against. Well, me
7: and Cracker got rifles. We can take care of ourselves. Oh, sure, sure. Same as that fellow last month. He come in looking
11: for the mine. Sheriff's posse brought him out. Dead? Yep. Rifle, bullet, and him, too. Well, there's an old dried-up sentry plant. Might burn? Could be some hunter thought he's a deer, you know. Yeah, could be. But that ain't the way folks figure it. No? No. Nope. Let's look over there. They figured that he was shot by the same person what's been doing the other killings.
7: How many is he supposed to have killed?
11: Oh, 50, maybe a little over. <laughs> that's
7: quite a story.
11: Who made it up, newspapers? Sheriff's office don't think it's a story. Bullet they took from
7: him and Ruth and some of the others all come from an old type army rifle. Anybody ever see the, uh, whoever it is that's supposed to be doing the garden?
11: Not so sure they could recognize him, but their sock, an old Indian fella named Fat Dog, lives over in Mesa. He's supposed to have seen him one time. How'd he know it wasn't just a hunter? Well, he couldn't be sure, but uh, what got his eye in the first place was the thing this man was carrying.
7: What was that?
11: It looked like an old U.S. Cavalry saver. Troops used to chase the Apaches back up in here. Yeah. Well, Fat Dog, he did, he didn't stay around after that, and he ain't been back since. Well, how close a look did he get? It wasn't too close, not too far neither.
7: He could hear the spurs this fellow was wearing. Well, I can understand a guy wearing spurs in this country, but why to carry a big old cavalry saber around? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, lots of things on this mountain don't make sense.
6: Lonnie, you're going to start the fire so we can eat, or you're going to talk all night?
7: Fixing to start now. Hey, Cracker, you ever hear about a fellow named Ruth? Got killed up in here? Uh, when was that? 31. <laughs>
9: Over 20 years ago.
11: Yep. But another fella, a fella named Cravey, he had a helicopter fly him in just a couple of years back. They found him nine months later. Same type gun, did it?
7: Well, I don't mean the same person did it. There must be a lot of old army rifles around in this country. I suppose so, but both Ruth and Cravey had
11: maps. Good ones, I reckon. And both of them were killed the same way.
9: You mean both of them were shot?
11: Well, a little more than that. They were shot through the back, then their heads were chopped off.
7: beginning to get on my nerves. What's he doing? Oh, he's just laying there, looking up at the stars. Got that rope on him tight? I got it on him so tight I'm going to have trouble getting it off of him in the morning. Say, Cracker? Yeah? You don't think there could be anything to what he's been telling us, do you? You crazy? He's just been trying to see if he can scare us. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. You go hit the sack. We got a
9: big day ahead of us. Yeah, I know. Well... Oh, nothing, only... What's the matter, Willis? Something has been eating at you since we started up here.
7: Well, I think you should have asked me before you gave him a third of the mine.
9: I haven't given him anything.
7: Well, you said you would.
9: Have we found it yet? Well, now
7: you know we ain't.
9: Then so far, he's got a third of nothing, that right? Yeah, but, well, when we find it... If we find it, it'll change all our lives, won't it? Well, sure. Change his, too. Permanently. You know? See what I mean?
7: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
10: You are listening to The Peralta Map, starring Mr. Raymond Burr. A tale well calculated to keep you in... sus.
6: Go east. Come on. According to the map, it's somewhere up in one of those box canyons. Yeah, but which one? There's five or six of them. We gotta get
11: up high. Look down on them. No, no, Ah. no, no, hold it, Willis. Uh. Well, yeah, country's getting too rough for horses. We leave them here and go in on foot.
6: All right. Let's stop and take a look.
7: If the map's true, it should be somewhere right below us, right?
6: Yeah, that's right. Let's see the map. Yeah.
11: Uh midi east. Southeast.
9: Which way is it? Off here. Willis!
11: Yeah?
6: Can you see Weaver's needle from where you are? Yeah. You
11: uh you be careful on that ledge, Willis.
6: All right, now face the north. To your right. That's it. Now hold it. You see anything about a mile off? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a kind of a hill. Got a flat top? Yeah. Turn to your left, easy. Yeah, that's it. Easy, that's enough.
11: Mine should be in a canyon right below where he's standing.
6: Willis, what's below you? Huh? What's right below you? Uh, the canyons. There's two of them. Boxers? Yeah, both of them.
9: Should that be?
11: Uh-huh. The wrong canyon's got three swallows growing at the entrance to it.
6: Willis! Yeah? Willis, you've got a million dollars below you. You hear me? Right below you. What? Yeah-ha! Willis! Come back here! Willis!
11: Crazy fool's gonna break his neck running down that ledge. Let him. What?
9: We don't need him to find the mine.
11: Well, you don't need me either. No. Sure
9: I do, Lonnie. How'd I find my way down this mountain without you?
12: Ah! Willis! Ah! Willis! Willis!
7: Cracker! Cracker! Cracker!
9: What happened to Help.
7: you? Help me. No, I... That ledge up there. In the It's all shale. It went out from under me.
11: Well, oh, here. Let me see. Hey, Lobby! Out! Oh, yeah, his leg's broken.
9: Lonnie, what do you call those funny-looking things sticking up over there?
7: Huh? Oh, swallows.
9: The mine's over behind that bluff about
7: another four or five hundred yards. Cracker, you can't think about that mine. you you got to get me out to a doctor. Yeah, he's right, Mr. Cracker.
9: All the doctors I know, they say a man with broken bones shouldn't be moved. What? They say you should just cover him with a blanket. Cracker,
7: you... you you stop talking like that. Where's your here? rifle, Willis? Uh, I dropped it back up there when I fell. And Cracker, Cracker, you're going to carry me out here, ain't you? Cracker? Lonnie?
11: We'll carry you, boy.
7: Well, I want to I hear him say it.
9: Go on, Cracker. Lonnie, we got maybe three, four more hours of daylight. If the mine's in that canyon, it's covered with brush. Cracker. It'll take us at least that long to clear it away.
7: Cracker, look. Uh, we can't leave him here. Please.
9: We'll come back for you on our way out. Will no, you?
7: no, no. Don't don't leave me, please, Cracker. Please, huh? I could carry him. No,
9: you're going to need your strength to help me. Now, let's go.
6: No, no. Wait. Cracker. Look, Cracker, I'll give you my share. You hear me? Cracker, I'll give you my share. Please.
11: I'll please. Please. Be- I'll be back for you, boy, as soon as I can. Come on, (laughs) Yeah, Here, here, you take my canteen. Now make it last.
12: (laughs) Cracker! Please! Cracker, please!
9: You find anything under these bushes? Anything that could be a sign?
11: Nope. Yeah.
9: Let's measure it off again. Supposed to be 20 paces south of the entrance to this canyon, only there's no hill there. No way for him to have put in a shaft.
11: Now, wait a minute. Huh? Could be a glory hole. A what? Well, mine don't have to angle down any hillside. Glory hole, it goes into flat
12: ground.
9: Yeah? All right, I'll count off the paces again. Then we'll dig. Straight down. Come on, Lonnie. Keep on digging.
11: What's the matter? What are you quitting for? I'm tired and it's dark. Can't can't see what I'm doing.
9: Moon will be up soon. I'll keep digging.
11: Come on, dig! for uh... You struck wood. Yeah, I hear it. That's it. That's it. That's it. The door Sounds to the mine. good to you now, don't it? We found it. We
6: found it. Well, listen, old man. We're rich.
12: <laughs> you hear
6: me? We're billionaires.
12: You hear me, loudly? <laughs> billionaires!
9: Can you see down in there?
11: No. Oh, too dark. Well, I clean forgot about Willis. Don't you think we ought to get him out to a doctor?
9: Until I see what's in there.
11: Well, uh, would it be all right with you if I was to just take him back to where the horses are? No. But I could somehow get him on a horse and then he might be able to make it back alone. You
9: know better than that.
11: Well, then let me help him. I'll come back.
9: Oh, I want to find out about this tonight. I want to be sure we've opened up the Dutchman. You go get some of that brush we cleared off. We'll set fire to it and drop it down in there.
11: You say so. Then huh? hurry it up. All
12: right.
11: Who's out there? Who is it? Lowney? What? Lonnie? Mother in heaven.
7: Willis, boy, you... Oh, you, you stay right there, Lonny. Oh, boy, you... You crawled all that way. More than that. i found my rifle now. I'm going to use it.
11: Now, no, listen, boy. We found the mine. You hear? We found it.
7: Is that what happened to you? Well, he wouldn't let me go. Are you sure? Or did you, you go and make a deal with him? Two of you split my share. You know better than that.
11: Now, let me help you. No, both. now, you... Where is he? That's the mine. Where's that? Oh, yeah, behind that brush.
7: You just call him out here. Go ahead.
11: Mr. Cracker, Mr. Cracker.
6: What's taking you so long? Willis. What? Willis is out here. You want to help me carry him in? Lowney, what are you talking about? Where are you? Lowney?
11: (laughs) Mr. Cracker?
7: He won't answer you, Lowney.
11: No, don't guess he will. Well, come on, boy. I'll
7: get you back to our camp and go for help. Now, you hold it.
11: You put your arm around my neck. (laughs) That's it. Now, uh, drop the rifle, boy. Hold on to me. All right. Uh, That's it. Now,
7: let's go. Slani, I'm not going to forget you for this. You're a good man. There ain't many men who'd carry me out like this. You know, most of them, they'd just leave me to die and get back later and claim the mine for the cells. What's the matter? What's you stopping from?
11: I'm going back to the mine. For what? Cover it up. What? When we get out of here, I'm going to have to tell the sheriff everything that's happened. <laughs> He'll send the posse in to get Cracker's body. Now, there's no sense in them finding the mine.
7: No, I, I guess there ain't.
11: Of course, that's ours. Now, you wait here for me. Uh, uh, Lonnie?
7: Yeah? You remember, uh, I'm dependent on you. Uh,
11: Don't worry, boy. Don't worry. I'll be back in five minutes. Uh there. Can't be Willis. He's too far off. Who is it? Who's there?
10: Start in William N. Robson's production of the Peralta Map by Charles B. Smith. Listen. Listen again next week when we return with Frank Lovejoy in the Outer Limit. Another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Supporting Mr. Burr in the Peralta map were Stacy Harris as Willis and Junius Matthews as Lowney. <laughs>